You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Five on the Floor, a daily insider show on the Miami Heat and the NBA featuring Ethan Skolnick, Greg Sylvander, and Alex Toledo, plus others from the Five Reasons Sports Network. Welcome back to Five on the Floor. I am your host, Greg Sylvander. Today's floor plan with me, we have Sean Rochester getting ready to head into um, the lion's den of MSG in New York. Uh, We also have Brian Fonseca coincidentally lives in New York. We're going to get into that a little bit because um, I think some people may uh, wonder if we have a double agent in here. So we're going to get into the the origin story of Brian along the way here. Today's floor plan, we're going to really get hyper-focused on game one. We feel like that is something we deserve to um, get into. We're going to be covering that game extensively. There'll be lots of heads in the building. We have heads in the city. Uh, We'll have you covered on playback, post-game, all of that. And so we want to get into game one. And we also, we're going to have a little fun, do some nostalgia stuff because Heat Knicks used to be a big deal. And I feel like those um, Heat Knicks rivalry fan muscles have atrophied a bit over time because there has been no reason to flex them. And now maybe we have a a time to do it. So we're going to take a trip down memory lane, have some fun. Before we do, I'm telling you about two of our great sponsors, our daily fantasy partner and our daily and our gambling uh, partner here at five on the floor and five reasons sports network. The first is prize picks. Y'all know it. Use the code five F I V E to get your initial deposit matched up to a hundred dollars. It's super easy. You choose your favorite players, choose your favorite stats, choose more or less. If they're going, um, you could do Jimmy Butler. He's 30 points. You go more or less. You can put multiple players from multiple sports together. Uh, flex plays, power plays went up to 10 times, even more than that. When they do special pro promos, you got to use the code five though. F I V E to get your initial deposit matched up to a hundred dollars. That's prize picks, prize F I V E for uh, your deposit match. And then the second one, our gambling partner is better edge. People usually ask, like, what makes Better Edge different than other platforms? It's a social betting marketplace where users buy and sell betting positions without a VIG instead of a traditional sports book where the book sets the price and accepts your bet, takes fees and pays out the winnings. Better Edge Marketplace connects users on opposite sides of the bets at their own set prices. So 
Use the code 5RSN. That'll get you 20 bucks to play right away on Better Edge. So again, that's prize picks. Use the code 5. Better Edge. Use the code 5RSN. All right, y'all. Enough of that stuff because it's Heath Nick's time. Um, how are y'all feeling before game game one? Like, let, let's start here. Uh, I I alluded to the fan origin story and the double agent um yeah. Brian Fonseca stuff. Let's get that out of the way first. Yeah. Brian, are you a double agent? Are you a Knicks fan? How are you not a Knicks fan if you grew up in New York? Um, the Knicks eliminated the Heat a whole bunch, and we're gonna talk about that a little bit later, but let's just get this out of the way off top. Why are you not a Knicks fan? And should we be worried about you? I was born in 1994 and I don't root for losers is the answer oh. to your question. So basically like uh, the Knicks, I, I think it's overstated that. And it's really a national media Northeast thing. I can speak to the biases because I'm from, I'm in the belly of the beast, you know? And a lot of people have this feeling that when the Knicks are good, the NBA is in better shape. They haven't been good in, for two decades, really, and the NBA has been fine. It's been really good, actually. Um, this is probably as talented as the league has been. It's as interesting as the league's been in a while, I think. There are some questions about, like, low management and all that stuff. But, you know, historically, this is one of the more overrated organizations that we have, just in basketball, perhaps in sports. They have eight trips to the NBA Finals, and they were one of the original NBA teams in 1947. Three of those finals were in the 50s. In 1951, they made it to the finals. The NBA was an 11-team league. All the best players were white. All of them. George Mikan, Dolph Shays. You bringing up old shit. <laughs> Andy Phillip, whose nickname was Handy Andy, was the leader in assists. Shout in out to the plumbers. Right, you know what I mean? 1952, <laughs> back to the finals, 10-team league. 1953, back to the finals, 10-team league. Uh, and then they have the three in the 70s, and then 94, 99. And the Heat have gone to the finals six times since then. The Nets have gone to the finals twice since then. The Spurs, the Lakers, the Celtics, et cetera. Like, they haven't done shit my in my lifetime, right? I started watching basketball. I'm five, six years old, 99, 2000. I grew up. I tried. <laughs> like, I tried. I loved Allen Houston. He's one of my favorite players ever. Um, You know, Latrell Sprewell, Nate Robinson autograph gave me an autograph when I was in high school and they just sucked the entire time. I was tired of turning on NBA live and Jerome James was my starting center. And I was just like, yeah, this isn't going to work. And I just don't root for losers at the end of the day. And then over in Miami, I'm watching the heat over the course of years, especially after the big three era. It's like, they just keep getting players. I like, I like workhorse dudes. I like Jimmy Butler. He happens to be my favorite player in the league. Bam out of bio, et cetera. Respect Spo for all the shit he's done pat riley for how he's built etc cetera, etc cetera. like all these sort of things right and it's like i don't need to root for a team that comes from the city where i come from just because they come from the city where i come from i'm a die easy fan i used to be a jet fan i gave that shit up because they couldn't give me a quarterback geno smith was my last hope and i thought he was going to be the one i proved to be right 10 years later and they ruined him they tried to they fucking, they punched him in the face towards ACL. <laughs> and that was about it. So I'm not a double agent. Um, I'm New York through and through as far as where I'm from, born and raised. Um, the only New York team I really still root for is the New York Mets. Um, and they've given me enough. 
like throughout my I've seen them get to the World Series a couple of different times. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I've seen them get to the playoffs and things of that nature. And there's also a connection with my dad there, right? Like that's our squad. But with the Knicks, it's just they just two playoff wins since the 2000 2001 season. And I was seven years old at the end of that season. <laughs> so what do you want me to do? No, that what do you I want mean, me that, to do? <laughs> that puts it in perspective because I think for like Sean and I, by the time the Knicks had beaten the Heat for the third consecutive time and like kind of brought us as to the, to the most humble moment that a Heat fan could feel as a as a as a top seed, I couldn't really hate the Knicks by the end because it was almost like I had to respect them because they had sunned us so many times i'm using um i lean into my new york vocabulary <laughs> as we get ready for this i year. say look i say sun is maybe the word i use the most that's clean <laughs> sean do you still hate the knicks what how do you feel like about this series like i don't have the vitriol sense of new york versus miami yet all it takes is one josh hart jimmy butler oh like, it's here though dust up but it's Sean, maybe I'm more detached than others. Do you sense that the Heat fan base and how do you feel about Heat Knicks? Like, has that worn off for you too? So I think it's been so long, even if you ignore that big three series, it's it's almost like it's faded away. The rivalry isn't there. Like in football year, a lot of times, like it's not a rivalry unless the other team wins. Like for so long, we've essentially dominated that rivalry. But when you flash back to for me and you like growing up watching them play and we were teenagers, that was pain. Like every oh year so I can't, I mean, I'm sure we can both share similar stories of whether being at games or watching on TV. I remember going out like in the driveway afterwards and like replaying certain situations, like how it could have went. I'm passing, you know, I'm passing to Weatherspoon. I'm on the other end of it, spinning it to myself. I'm knocking down the <laughs> jump shot, like stuff like that. And, um, you know, those were painful series. Now, and Greg, you can correct me if this is just my feeling. A lot of times it was like looking in the mirror. We were so similar in so many ways. Absolutely. And while there was hatred at each other, it was because we were so similar and so evenly matched. Every one of those series went down to the last game. Every series had some weird, pivotal moment, memorable moment. And while we hated each other, I think there was a level of respect because of the way that we were built and the similarities that we had. That's, that's so true. And um, it's an underrated thing that you see yourself. I like how you phrased it, see yourself in the mirror, because that was, it was essentially Riley took his blueprint and took it to Miami. It was the decision before the decision. When you see, when you mm -hmm. think about it and um, it's just funny how uh, it came full circle with LeBron taking the blueprint from Miami and uh, going up to Cleveland with it. Uh, Cause Pat did the same thing. And so there's a karmic sense to that, that I think is interesting. Um, so let's talk about game one. Uh, we're going to, we're going to pivot back to that um, to all those emotions. We're going to talk about where we were. We're going to get into some fun stuff, but let's hone in on game one. What do y'all think is the number? So I, I, I'm going to reference five on the floor. Uh, the most recent episode that Ethan and Alex did, they talked about the keys and something Ethan brought up was like when Jalen Brunson gets going with that crowd uh, that it can become overwhelming um, I don't necessarily think of MSG as an overwhelming setting, but I do know that right now they are in a different, you know, place as a, as a fan base. Uh, so I know like a good start is something that, but that's very cliche of me to say good shooting. Um, 
for me, I'm really interested to see if they keep that five out stuff happening where you're keeping Kevin Love um, up, you know, basically at the top of the key or further out so that you're you're creating space. Um, so I'm interested to see how they manage that with the defensive rebounding. Uh, New York's not a great passing team. There's a lot of stuff that we can dive into, but for game one, uh, I guess I'll pivot back to Brian here. What's the the biggest thing you're looking for as these two teams feel each other out um, in that first game? Because, you know, it's always there's a little bit of that that's going to happen early, but um, then it's going to be no holds barred. And I'm interested just for both of your perspective on what you think the keys are to game one. Well, this isn't college basketball. So I think the home field advantage thing can be overstated. Like as someone in New York, it's like, I mean, the garden's typically awesome. And again, it hasn't mattered in a very long time. The garden was awesome two years ago, especially it was like, oh man, COVID is like not in the rear view at that point, but it was, uh, people were finally outside. So there was a euphoric thing with that and then Trey Young and the whole thing. And it didn't matter. They won a game. You know what I mean? They won a game, that series. And they partied because again, you can't act like you've been there where you never have. And this fan base is just very unfamiliar with winning and success. And this is why they take the streets after just one playoff win or whatever the case may be. Like I, as a New Yorker, I feel like that shit is kind of embarrassing. That's just me. But in this series, I think what I'm looking for for the Heat is, yeah, a good start. But honestly, like, who who's going to be able to just sort of look at the crowd in the way that I just described it, where it's like, who gives a shit if they're cheering so loudly or whatever the case may be? <clears throat> you know, New Yorkers, we can be overconfident with a lot of different things, right? Um and they're going to be very, very rabid during that game. Jimmy Butler is the person I'm least worried about, <laughs> you know? And I, I think that most of the team, like I think Eric Spolstra, Udonis Haslam, like they've seen shit. Yeah. These other guys. Crazy. Yeah. These other guys have seen shit. They just went on a deep playoff run last year. They just, and, and if you want to oversimplify this and boil it down, right. I think in totality, what the Knicks did, against the Cavs should be commended. That was a great series for them. I also think they're getting a little too much credit for that. And that's yeah. part of, again, the sort of Northeast coverage bias. Cleveland was shook. If, yes, because we're looking at the, and also Cleveland, two small guards, two tall bigs who are soft. Let's be honest. They don't play big. They're just tall. They're really good in the regular season. Evan Mobley's very young and raw. And Jared Allen has never been, he's been someone you could push around. I could say that as somebody who's covered the Nets. And they don't have any playoff wings to speak of. Karis LeVert was fine. He's not a true playoff wing. Okay. They don't have the ingredients to really last in the playoffs. And a bunch of us said that because we said, look, they'll probably have a good regular season and lose in the first round at, in the preseason because they're young. And then with the Heat, it's like they have the playoff wing right now and Jimmy Butler. They have Bam. I know he has a bad hammy, but it's Milwaukee, Milwaukee's in the rearview mirror now, right? I think he'll have I think he'll have a better series. He should have a better series. Mitchell Robinson's gonna be interesting for him. Um, but to wrap it up, yeah, like I think I think what I'm looking for is just just good play. Can you continue shooting at the level that you were 45% from three last series? It's gonna be hard to sustain. But in totality, I think the Knicks are getting a lot of credit for the Cavs series. And it's like Miami just beat Milwaukee. Milwaukee, the right. championship favorites. In five games. And to your point, most people thought that, like, even without Giannis, they were a much better team 
Um, and the Knicks and the Cavs were pretty evenly matched. So it is an interesting spin that's been put on Sean that they're like essentially saying like the Knicks are like the, they're kind of like Kings East right now. I feel like um, a little bit in terms of like people kind of getting behind the idea of the Knicks making a run. People are starting to embrace that with Sacramento um, for game one specific though. Uh, what are the things, and you'll be in attendance uh, and, and we have a pretty good record when Sean Rochester is in attendance. I'll let him speak to that maybe uh, later on, but what are you looking for in game one specifically uh, as the two teams, you know, start to um, figure out matchups and stuff like that. You know, like Alex even alluded to the idea of Caleb Martin sliding into the starting lineup. I don't foresee them switching mm -hmm. stuff up like that. Uh, do you think that there's flexibility in the lineup? What are you looking for from a matchup perspective in game one? Yeah, I don't expect a matchup lineup, a lineup change in the first game just because what's working, why fix it? And I know it's a different opponent, but I think you stick with it and you adjust if needed. Um, I think the rebounding is going to be important. That was brought up on five on the floor yesterday. Um, the Knicks dominated the Cavs, even though they were bigger, almost 40% of their uh, shots were offensive rebounded. We know that can be a problem for the heat at times, even though statistically we're a very good defensive rebounding team, our size limitations, but we just went through the bucks and we survived that. And that was a concern that everyone had. Mitchell Robinson is obviously the guy that you have to take off the glass. And I think matchups, when we see the first group go out there, um, tomorrow afternoon is going to decide how that works. That's where your your matchups and lineups are really going to come into play because the Knicks really, you know, I, I was looking at uh, cleaning the glass in the playoffs, even though they just won that series, 83 offensive rating in the half court yeah. against the Cavs. That's stinky. That's, that's heat basketball for most of the season. <laughs> that was the worst offensive rating in the half court of all the playoff teams so far. Now, in the regular season, they were defense. 11th. Yeah. Yeah. And that's not typically what they do. When you look at percentages, they're very slow paced, similar to us, kind of in the middle of the pack. But the Heat picked up the pace in terms of uh, playoff pace last series because they wanted to get down and beat the Bucks down the floor. So there's going to be those adjustments. You talked about shooting. Obviously, that's important. The Knicks really don't shoot the three ball very well. They don't shoot it a lot either. Um, so I think it's something where, you know, how is this game going to be played? What's the pace going to look like? Offensive rebounds can be demoralizing. It can, you know, really compromise your defense. They don't really turn the ball over. And that's one of the things we really try to do defensively. It's going to be very interesting. I really think it's a very even matchup. And I wouldn't have said that a week ago, but when you're looking at the statistics, I, I think that coming off the high of both series for both teams, being in the final eight, I think that there's momentum coming in. And it's going to be, again, just little tiny details. A Heat win in five against the Bucks. it looks great when you say, yeah, we won 4-1. But there were little plays in those games that so changed true. what could have been 2-2. It could be a game seven or a game six last night that we're talking about. It could be a game seven on Sunday that we're talking about. But we came through and they, cr they crumbled. And that's what's going to happen in this series also. You, you mentioned um... – crumbled and i i think that something that also has been not talked about enough is that i think spolstress has a clear coaching advantage over tom thibodeau that people are not acknowledging because tibbs you know has turned new york around and he's doing great stuff there but um spo he's a little different playoff spo is different so i'm <laughs> i'm interested to to see what what happens uh as we start game one uh, our friends at Water Cleanup of Florida have announced that they have an open enrollment in their new membership program. 
Uh, it's a preventative maintenance program that will assist the average homeowner to become more aware of the primary maintenance needs of your home, plus additional programs to place members on a hurricane priority list. So after a major weather event, um, you can get uh, immediate service. You'll have annual air quality testing. Uh, so with over 60 years of inspecting buildings in for all types of damage in South Florida, Water Cleanup of Florida has noticed trends that lead to the development of um you know, this unique program where they really help you uh, get, uh, you know, zipped up with leaking windows, doors, air handlers, heavy rain seepage, all things. Those can be very costly projects. They'll come in, they'll assess what needs to be done. They'll have it better maintained. But this is a membership program that you can um, reach out to them directly at uh, call Michael anytime, 954-579-0356, or visit their website, wcufl.com. They have over 75-star uh, reviews on Google. This is a super good preventative maintenance program that will help you get ahead of hurricane season. So reach out to the entire team um, there at Water Cleanup of Florida. Their service areas include uh, Broward, Dade, and Palm Beach. Water Cleanup of Florida. If you have the schmutz, they got the guts. Hey, it's Ethan Skolnick for Five on the Floor on the Five Reasons Sports Network. As you know, we heard from Pat Riley recently. Everybody has an opinion on trades, free agency, who they should keep, who they should give up, who they should get. Well, whatever it is that Riley and the Heat do, you don't want them giving up too much and getting too little, right? Well, the same is true of shaving products, and that's why I use Harry's Shaving products. I love the way it handles. I love the way it looks, and I love the quality of the shave. I have a little bit of trouble growing out a good beard so better to just shave it off and make sure that it looks somewhat professional. These are German-engineered blades made in their own factory, so they stay sharp longer. means you can use them longer. And also, they've got customizable delivery options for scheduled refills as low as 2 bucks, half of what you pay for other big brands. Also, I would recommend the shaving lotion as well and the body wash. So check it out. You can go to harrys.com backslash five. That's harrys.com backslash five. You'll get a $13 trial set for just three bucks. Again, don't pay too much and get too little. Same is true of shaving as NBA transactions. harrys.com backslash five for your $3 trial set. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications at TryLifeMD.com? We're now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. It's fun to put on jeans that you couldn't get into six months ago. Every morning, I look forward to getting on the scale. For anybody who's struggling with their weight, it's a godsend. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at trylifemd.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, I'm going to quickly take y'all through here. We're going to chronologically talk about some of this. 96-97 is the first time the Heat and the Knicks met in the playoffs. Uh, game five is when P.J. Brown flipped Charlie Ward into the second row. I was there. Game seven. Um, it, so there was a long time. I want Heat fans to realize this. In 97, Timmy uh, had 38 in game seven, and it was – to date, to date, the biggest thing that had ever happened in Heat history. There was um, P.J. Brown got suspended um, in game five for flipping Charlie Ward into the seats. Uh, the benches cleared. There were lots of suspensions. Um, do either of you remember anything from that series? Brian, I guess you were really, really young, so a lot of that stuff's in retrospect. Where yeah. were you for 96-97, um, Sean? Um, I mean, the one thing that you didn't mention, there were so many suspensions and the controversy about guys leaving the bench, even if they were just a step on the floor, they had to spread out the suspensions between game six and game seven. And there was a lot of, uh, you know, that, that big New York media controversy, whether it was fair to them, that it put them at such a disadvantage. And ultimately we know if we look back at it, that was the only time that he'd actually got a series win until the big three, um, I don't remember exactly where I was at. I, I was, I guess, in seventh grade, eighth grade at that point. Um, so I do remember it. I do remember the, uh, the the series win. I had a friend, actually, that was a Knicks fan. So we always went back and forth being the same age. And, uh, you know, he obviously got the best of that uh, interaction in the long run. But back at it again. And, um, yeah, P.J. Brown, he lives in uh, kind of heat he lore for that because of that little flip where he's trying to box out on the uh on the free throw so true and um they they spaced out the suspensions pj brown was done for the series and he missed game one of the chicago series uh that uh happened after miami eliminated new york but then it got ugly the next year it was a 2-7 matchup and uh new york won that matchup in five games this is when they were doing five game series still in the first round um, I remember that being uh, that was the series where I think I brought a sign to the one of the one of the games that ended up in one of the Inside the Heat episodes where I said this means war and I held it up at, this, <laughs> at, the, at one of the games. Um, I got to go clip that and I got to find that episode. But uh, Brian, this was a situation where then the Knicks went on not only in that year and uh, I'm I'm glossing over some of the details so that we can get through here. But then in 98, 99, they ended up beating them in the first round again in five. And then the infamous 99, 2000, where they got to the second round against New York and lost in seven. Uh, There was a really crucial play at the end of that game where um, they went into Zoe and it ended up in Mashburn's hands. He sent it over to Mashburn or to Weatherspoon who missed. Um, 
what was your like in retrospect because you had to kind of like catch up to that historically what was your takeaway not necessarily watching it live but like being a new yorker and the perspective around those guys i'm just interested um was that talked about a lot as you were growing up those kinds of like uh what happened throughout those runs yeah because they couldn't talk about shit else <laughs> like you know what what else are they going to bring up you know i've heard about 1999 so many times in fact one of my first basketball watching memories was the Allen Houston game winner. Now that I uh, recall it, right. Like that, that one is one where I can remember live. Like there's certain sporting events I can remember watching at three, four, five years old, Felix Trinidad fights, the jets in the AFC championship, the Mets going to the world series, 2000, the Allen Houston game winner, uh, stone cold, Steve Austin, that whole entire run. And look, a lot of the Nick fans in my life, like they've been talking shit to me these last few days, like, oh, Nixon five and all this shit. And I'm like, yo, dog, like, I'm not even like the super emotionally attached, like whatever, like, all right, man, like my life is going to be good regardless. But what I would say is I think they're going to be fucking wrong. And I think what a lot of what they're sleeping on is just what we've been talking about with this heat team. I really think that they've turned a corner. And the reason why I bring that up is because they're talking about these sort of memories to me, Nick's heat. And I see what it's bringing out of them. The Nick fans in my life, mm-hmm. right. To, to your point. And there's a hostility there. That's like, Oh, we're going to lock up Jimmy Butler and Josh Hart's going to do this or whatever the case may be. Like it's there for them in a way that I think it's beginning to click with the heat fans but I think Heat fans have more of this is a house money approach uh, in totality because of what transpired throughout the regular season. <laughs> right. And the expectations were very low. And some of us thought, hey, they might not even get out of the play in 14th pick doesn't sound terrible. And then it's like, oh, wait, they're playing the Bucks. Uh, all right. I guess they'll push them to five. And then it's like, wait, wait, you mean they won the series? And with Nick fans, there's an expectation now because they are the favorites. They have home court and they're already like they wanted the heat and they want and they want to be able to say, hey, got their rivals going to the Eastern Conference finals, have a shot against presumably Boston, who they match up well with yada, yada, yada. Like this is the thought process. Yeah. And they again, you can't act like you've been there when you haven't really been there like that. So I get it. it. And just to hit on one of the points you made, this is the first time in this series that the Knicks have had home court advantage all other five mm. series. The heat That's had right. home court advantage, which Holy is crazy. Shit. That's a great point. I didn't even think about that. Cause if you include that big three series too, they've the heat have never started out on the road. This is going to be interesting. We're going to close here with something fun. I'm going to actually pass the ball to Sean. He's going to run point for some rapid fire. Uh, Sean uh, did a great job of linking together some of the key things that happened throughout those heat Knicks matchups. And so we're going to run through those now. So I pass the mic to him officially as we run down here and close the show. All right, we're going to start off in 1997. We're going to make some connections between past heat famous memories in today's series, 1997, the heat player most likely to toss a Nick. And I want one word answers from both of you. I'll start with Greg. Udonis. Brian? Udonis was my answer as well. <laughs> yeah. 100% of families surveyed in South Florida answered the same way if we're doing family feud. Uh, which which Nick is most likely to get tossed by Udonis? 
I'll start with Brian this time. Julius Randle. Why are you stealing my answers, dog? <laughs> Greg. No, that's it. Julius Randle. I think All right. that, that that he's the guy. It's just his face. Yeah. I could see maybe a Josh Hart getting tossed or uh Yeah, the, well, him and Jimmy, J- they J- has a little bit of there's no love lost there. Julius Randle gets right. very aggro. So yeah, that that's true. That, that happens. 1998, moving into the next series. Which matchup most likely to throw hands like Larry Johnson and Alonzo Mourning in this series, Greg? Gosh, I glossed right over that when we were going through the um the chronological order. LJ and Zell, I'm going Josh Hart and Jimmy Butler. Let's do it. I think it could be a TJ Warren-esque uh matchup between those two. I like it. Brian. Udonis Haslam and Julius Randle again. I would also say, um, as a dark horse, Emmanuel Quickly and Max Strus. It's interesting, Udonis. Is he going to get into like off the bench fights? Because we're yeah. going into, into a lot of this. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe a preview of Udonis minutes. Um, which of the two coaches is more likely to get dragged on someone's leg during one of these brawls, Brian? Does it have to be one of the head coaches? Because Darren Ehrman assistant coach for the Knicks, he looks like someone that would be hanging off somebody's leg. But if it's one of the two head coaches, I'm, I'm, I don't think Thibodeau's getting on the floor. I don't think Spolster's going to hang. I think Spolster could hang in a fight. I don't know, man. This is tough. If you had to pick one, I think Spo's probably more likely to get dragged because Tibbs is just harder to drag. Yeah. There's more of him to drag. (laughs) He's he's so sweaty. I think Spo, like I, I think he, he'd fight a player. He just hasn't for, ever but like i think when tibbs, it comes down tibbs to is it, so know. sweaty and stinky he just like slip off your leg uh 1999 which nick is most likely to hit an allen houston-esque game winner greg uh, i hate this question but i'm just gonna go with uh jalen brunson brian josh hart Sorry for even asking that question. Hopefully it doesn't happen. Two thousand in, in, in the heat in the, in the in the reverse in the reverse in the reverse for the heat. I would say. Oh, 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 oh. Yeah. I would say two thousand. This didn't happen in the playoffs, but April 9, two thousand. Tim Hardaway dagger three to beat the Knicks. Who is most likely hit a dagger three for the Heat? One word answers, guys. We got like a minute left. Greg, go first. Max Max Struess all okay. day. Which heat still in 2000, which heat can replicate the Anthony Carter over the backboard game winning floater in game three, Brian first. Kyle Lowry. Good answer. Greg. Uh, gosh, uh, if it's not Kyle, I'm going to go with, um, geez, Gabe Vincent game five. And last Gabe. but not least, and I know you guys are not looking forward to this, which heat is most likely to shy from the moment like Jamal Mashburn passing the ball to Clarence Weatherspoon. Greg. I don't want to do it. You can't make me answer. Bam out of bio. Just from what we've seen, that's the answer. But I don't like answering that way. Prove us wrong, Bam, because we all were – we did yeah, not want to answer that We question. all were unanimous with that one. And um, I think Bam's going to have a huge series. Thank you for joining us. We are super excited for game one. We'll have you covered. Okay. I was just gonna ask you. Just I know everything's looking forward to the next series, but for a second, look back at that series. Just have you ever seen a, a individual player do what they did over a two-game two slate? The 98 points, just in terms of that specifically. Nah, that was very new to me, bro. That was uh, nah, it was crazy. Uh, I've never, nah, I've never seen uh, 
uh, obviously one of the best performances I've seen uh, in the league at all, at all, you know, four years I've been here. But, um, nah, man, it was, it, was, it was pretty dope too, for sure. Is playoff Jimmy a thing? He, he says it's not. Is it a thing? That's just Jimmy. Yeah, you know I mean, I don't think it's playoff Jimmy. I think it's, you know, Jimmy. That's, that's just who he is. I mean, he's a competitor. And, you know, it just comes around that time of year because it's the highest level of competition. So it just it's comes out. And look at the next series and to that point. Probably get a, I guess you guys are expecting to see a little bit more doubles. Yeah. Just if, if you, they are doing that and you're the one for possession possession time that they're helping off with, just how important are those slots of the game for you in the series? Uh, it's very important. I mean, obviously, I get to come in. I know kind of how I'll get those open looks. I'll get those open looks. Uh, and then uh, uh, just be ready to knock them down. And they kind of, it's, you're seeing drop again, but obviously they defend a little bit higher. It allows you to kind of baseline run a little more. Is, is that going to be kind of a, a big thing for you, feel like? That you kind of... Yeah, definitely uh, get on the baseline, and uh, those slides will be very important for spacing and, you know, obviously for our roles for, for Bam to get up and against those taller, longer guys. Um, Mitch Robinson is a guy we got to, you know, I mean, try to get him out of, out of position a lot. And, you know, that's going to have to do a lot with our drives and our slides. And uh, uh, Brunson's the head of the snake over there, I guess, and you're probably going to see a lot of time with him. Just have, I guess, how is he different than some of the guards you face in Milwaukee? Uh, he's very patient. He's very patient, very crappy, man. He just uh, kind of knows what he wants to do. Very poised, not very uh, sped up any. So that's going to be the, uh, the biggest thing is being disciplined, staying down on shot fakes, and uh, yeah, basically just being disciplined pretty much. And are we going to see this celebration in, in the again. garden? <laughs> Where did that come from? Where was that? Man, it just came to me, man. Honestly. In the moment? Yeah, just kind of in the moment, bro. Yeah. <laughs> gotcha. All right. I guess you can get your shots off, I guess, against different coverage in general, but I guess how much sweeter is it to play two back-to-back series where you're seeing that drop and able to get those similar type of looks? Um, I mean, they, they guarded very differently. Right. Um, you know, the way Milwaukee was guarding, uh, you know, really not giving away a lot of airspace, especially on, like, kickouts and stuff like that. So um, I have a little more opportunity there. But, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's different schemes, um, but you know, I just got to find a way to attack it. And to that point, they play a little bit higher up in that drop, I guess. And, and yeah. Bam was able to kind of take shots from different places against Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like your kind of pocket passes and that stuff, again, on the roll is going to be important in the series? Yeah, yeah, it's an important aspect for sure. Just getting the ball back to Bam, really, regardless of what the coverage is. You know, we always try to get it back to him so he can play make and be aggressive. So definitely a component for sure. And then just the, the total flip and bench points this season. It was toward the bottom during the regular season. Now it's up at the top. I guess just how do you feel you guys have meshed? So far, this, this it's a small sample size, but still, how do yeah. you feel like you guys have meshed so far? Um, yeah, you know, just kind of rising to the occasion is a part of it. I think also, you know, for me personally, just having some, like, kind of clarity this time of year um, definitely helps. So, you know, just trying to be aggressive as a group, you know, come in and just try to change the dynamic of the games. And, and Jimmy, I guess you guys are expecting to see a little bit more doubles, and they're not probably going to be helping off you specifically, but I guess how important is that individually for you to make those decisions? Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, he'll probably see different coverages throughout the course of it. You know, they'll mix up, do different things. So, you know, for us, it's just about being ready to, to make a play um, and be aggressive and uh, not just reactive, but, you know, proactive and try to make something happen. And just looking back for a second on the last series for a second, just the, have you ever seen a, a two-game individual sleep from a player like you always saw? No, that was crazy. Man. That, was, that was one-on-one. Um, that was a special performance. Is, is playoff Jimmy a thing? He says it's not a thing. Is it a thing? Uh, if he says it's not a thing, it's not a thing. <laughs> I mean, he's, he's a great player, you know, regardless of the time of year. But, you know, when the competition's at its highest, I think that's when he's probably his best. Gotcha. Thank you All very right. much. No Appreciate problem. you. Thank you for listening to The Five on the Floor on the Five Regional Sports Network.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.